ladies and gentlemen. Let us all pay respects as the season of the year of our Lord 2022 is over. Or is it? Let's talk about that next. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That was your boy Phil on the intro. I'm Steve. Welcome to Command This. Dev's having some technical difficulties, but he will be joining us shortly. You know, we had a game on Thursday Night Football. We have two, or excuse me, we have one primetime game left. That was our Thursday Night Football game, and we won. We came out on top 12-7 to in an ugly-ass victory, but nonetheless, we'll take the dub. A win is a win, regardless of how you do it. But this is episode 154 for us, Victory Monday style points don't count. Doesn't matter how you win, just matters if you win or lose. Am I right? That's right, right? Doesn't matter if you look good, just as long as you win. We've won a lot of look. Supposed to be like to glorify the Joe Gibbs years. We won ugly a lot those years. Um, but that's what good teams do. Good teams win ugly. Are we a good team? We'll that find out. Seen. Not 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 so far, but yeah. We still got eleven games to go in the season. Very true. Hey Yam, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for the uh, the the compliment on the intro music. Hey, our, all of our music is done by Dev. We have an in-house producer. Dev makes beats. He he produces. He makes music on the side, the side side thing, a hobby he likes to do. So, anything we play music-wise on this show, it's because of Dev, and we appreciate what he does. And he's very talented in making beats, making songs, everything he does. So, big props to Dev. Um, Yam said, especially ugly in 1987. It's true. It's true. We had a few, quite a few ugly wins on the way to that Super Bowl. We had, we had quite a few ugly wins on the way to our first Super Bowl too, and that strike, strike shortened year. Um, and we, I think we had at least one game where we won on nothing but field goals. Yeah. Lo Miller. No, this is Mark Mosley. Mark Mosley. I'm sorry. Lo Miller was out uh, of second at uh, 90. Third. He was 91. Yeah, we yeah. had a different kick. It's funny, Joe Gibbs, different quarterback with every Super Bowl win, and a different kicker as well. That's crazy. I would still give uh, a piece of my human anatomy to have a kicker like Justin Tucker on this team. That dude is automatic; does not miss. Man, does not miss. Is he Mister Unlimited? <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, Russ, Mister Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Oh, here comes. Dan. You know what? I take back. I take back <laughs> every. I think that actually everybody who called RG3 a cornball. Take it back. RG3 is doughboy in boys in the hood compared to Russell Wilson. That's rough. I kind of want to play the, the reason why people think that. Uh. I kind of want to play the reason what we're talking about here. Is it, it would it be bad if I played it? I think I was kind of worried. It's public. It's for public consumption. It is. Okay. I'll play it. 
give me a hot second here because it is it is kind of funny if you think about it. All right, I'm gonna play it. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this clip yet with uh, old Mr. Russell Wilson, but we're gonna play it because it's actually pretty funny. Uh, Russell here. You hear yes, it? the typical boring. Yes, oh, yeah. robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. A real, real exciting. You know, I'm real excited. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mister, Mister, Mister Unlimited. Yeah, Mr. You gotta unlimited. be unlimited. You know, you gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you. You know, what you're thinking about or what you want to do in life or where you want to go, you got to be unlimited. Tell them, I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Where's your motivation, Russell? Mr. Unlimited. Is that Sierra? Who's your role model, Russell? Unlimited. Who's your go to person for advice, Russell? Unlimited. Okay, I'll stop right there. It's Mr. Anyways, that was kind of funny. When you hear us crack a joke about Mr. Unlimited, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about, Mr. Unlimited. That actually might be a pretty. I guess when you're making two hundred grand a year, everything's unlimited. You can you can kind of get away with those things because he he did say it. What do you call himself? Cheesy robot robot Russell is what he called himself. Robot Russell. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of funny that he uh, made fun of himself. Yeah. Cornball. All right. Well, without corn further pop. ado. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's Joe, bud. All right, bud. Called him Corn Pop. James <laughs> says, wasn't it one of the Ravens' years where they won like four games only on field goals back when they had that killer D? That was probably the Trent Dilfer year. The year, the one that's the weird one they Super Bowl the first time. Yeah. They Trent. went three straight games with no touchdowns. No, I'm sorry, five straight, and he went two and three. They had Dilfer. Uh, I think Tony Banks was quarterback earlier in that year. Trent Dilfer, but they also had um, Matt Jamal Stewart Lewis, right? Kicker. Didn't have Jamal Lewis as running back. Jamal Lewis is running okay. back. He was their sole source of offense. Two over two thousand yards. <laughs> Man, Dilfer, they their quarterbacks had to throw for like maybe like fifteen hundred yards combined. <laughs> What's funny is that Tony Banks came in here, replaced Jeff George, and looked actually efficient. That's the worst part. Like. <laughs> We almost made the playoffs with Tony Banks as our quarterback. I like Tony Banks for the hot second he was here. Reminded me of a C plus version of um, oh, I'm having a brain fart. Number seventeen, Doug Williams. No, Auburn. Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell. Sorry, I had Jason. I couldn't bear Campbell. He reminds me of a C plus version of Jason Campbell. Wasn't uh, that good? Jason Campbell was much better, but I just. I feel like the way their arms were there, the way they whipped their arms when they threw the ball, they kind of had a very similar throwing motion. Yeah, except Banks actually moved his arm faster. I, I, yeah. I was a big Jason Campbell proponent, but his windup. Oh, terrible. Everybody talks about Carson Wentz having windup. No, 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 no. I can't tell you how many strip sacks happened because Jason Campbell's arm yeah. had to go from here to down yeah. here to back up here to here, like in this big long motion. The only one I saw that was worse was Tim Tebow. That windup was terrible. It wasn't as bad as Tebow's, but it was Tebow-esque. Marcus Edlin, what's going on, brother? If you haven't done so, get on that Facebook and go to Sports Group 
excuse me, Sports View 2. That's Marcus's uh, sports group. Just freaking promoting everybody out there. Yeah, man. Love some Marcus. All right, so let's go ahead and do the recap here. So Thursday, this past Thursday on Amazon Prime, we had this game. Final score, 12-7. Ugly, ugly football. Practically a pillow fight. Not a whole lot of entertainment. There were some bright spots, which, which we'll get to. But uh, for the most part, not a high-scoring game. At one point, I think Tony Gonzalez at halftime said, these are two uh, JV teams. You know what? No, scratch that. These are two freshman teams playing football. And I, at that point, it was like the lowest of the low. Uh, it was 0-0 forever. We went into halftime. Can, can, I, can I find it amazing? Because Amazon Prime's announcing team like outside of Herb Street, Michaels, but the people who do like the halftime stuff, like Tony Gonzalez, they are the freshman squad. Yeah, it was it was Tony, analysis. it was Richard Sherman, it was Fitz and Fitzpatrick. That's right. Um, Tony Fitz Gonzalez dropped, been okay. Fitz, Fitz confirmed things that I have been saying for goddamn three years now. Yeah. Scott Turner does not change his offense. Scotty doesn't know. Nobody. Scotty doesn't know. Yam says, a win is a win. A win is a win. At least I have to wake up at 2 a.m. for it this time. I was just at work and missed the entire fourth quarter. You know what? I think we were probably inches away from losing that game. Probably, I don't know, Phil, would you say like six inches if less? As I said on Twitter, we won that game by the width of a spliced pubic hair. I mean, Darnell Mooney, had he just gotten a few inches to the right, it would have been game over. But I digress. Let's go to a quick recap. Started off very slow. Um, They had the ball. We had the ball. Justin Fields was, I mean, we had him under duress for uh, quite a bit bit of the game. Uh, They got to him quite a bit. He was battered, bruised. The front, our defensive front four was just, ruthless and i don't know if it's just a bad chicago front line or justin fields is just still trying to get a feel for the game he just was not easy he was very uneasy back there and we, we took it to him the pressure was on the, the whole time uh, we it, 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 it wasn't our prettiest game uh, i'll give you the quick recap of the stats carson wentz 12 for 22 99 yards three sacks qbr rating of 22.3 justin fields 14 of 27, 190, one touchdown, one interception, five sacks for a loss of 36 yards, and a QBR of 28.8. We did get B-Rob going, 17 rushes for 60 yards, and he got that one touchdown, and, and, he, and he ripped off a 16-yard run. Gibby only had five rushes for 35 yards with the 18-yard um Longest run of the day. McKissick didn't do much. Justin Fields led the Bears in rushing, uh, 12 for 88, um, had a 39-yard scramble. And then uh, Khalil Herbert, seven for 75, uh, a 64 yard run we gave up. And then Montgomery got the ball 15 times for 67, uh, 13 yard long. So they ran for 238 yards on us and passed for another um, one night. Let's note that half of those yards they got, or almost half those yards they got, came on two plays. It did on on a a 64 yarder and then a 39 yarder. So they were, they were. Quite Whereas quite we good. had three running backs who all went at least six, who had, all had a long of at least sixteen yards. Yeah. So there was, uh, I think we had a little more parity and balance with the run with with our running attack versus theirs, in terms of keeping the ball in our hands. Yep. 
the t- yeah, Carson Wentz's stats absolutely sucked. Let's let's. There's no doubt about that. But let's also keep in mind that Wentz. You can't question that dude's harder toughness at this point. And I say it because let's see, he's knocked out two linebackers in two weeks, um, including Roquan Smith, who we all wanted us to trade for, and. He played that game, went into it with a strained, what was it, a strained bicep tendon, which in his throwing arm, and then he broke or fractured his pinky finger, or I'm sorry, ring finger, on his throwing hand. Yep. And then we come to find out he was also got his ankle injured, and they had to tape that up as well. And he just said, "Eff it, I'm going out there. I'm going to try to win this game now." Was it the right decision? I don't know, mm. but I don't question anything about that about that guy. Because even with all those injuries, he—I mean—he threw that block after he had already fractured his finger, and I don't know if he was already hobbling around on a hurt ankle or what by that point. But still, uh, we gotta we gotta uh, give him credit for at least. By know, the way, I believe Carson Wentz probably has more pancake blocks than any of our offensive linemen combined. He had two two weeks in a row, and they were nasty. I know nasty yeah, pancake. Got credit, man. Yeah, you got credit. He's he's a dog. We had Dev here for a second, and we lost him. Technical difficulties await that man. Yams asked, "Would an African Bambada join the show?" I was thinking Cool Modi. Yeah, I didn't even get to see his face. That was, he that had, was this, he had the nerve to have them Star Trek shades on. Yeah. Marcus said, the only good thing about the halftime show is Clarissa Thompson and Justin Fields held onto the ball a lot, but our defense played well. They did play well. They sure did. And friend of the show pops up in the chat. Hey, Mr. Titan. Thank you. Congratulations on that W back in the hunt. Yes, sir. I mean, only getting back. it was one of those, you know, you ever feel dirty? You ever have time you're like, man, I feel dirty. Like after that win, I'm like, okay, we won, but man, I feel unclean. I don't, I feel dirty. I'll take that win, but man. No, (laughs) I don't. And that's maybe because of the fact that I sat, okay. I I sat at the bar. I got to this bar. It's in Harrisonburg, Virginia. It's a Philly joint. The guys there are from Philadelphia. Guys who own it. Best cheesesteaks you're going to get, by the way. See you, Yam. But best cheese eggs you're going to have, I had like four or five Jenny Cream Ales. I had cheese steaks. I had wings. I had fries. I had tots. I gorged myself. So I felt so good leaving that bar, getting a win, I don't care how, at a Philly bar. And I had to watch it on the secondary TV because the primary TV was showing the fucking flyers. Oh, Philly, Philadelphia. It's hockey season. I will get, I'll tell you what, though. Shout out to Urgies down in Harrisonburg. The food and the drink are so good and very affordable that I will fight my Philly bias and go there and, and give them my business. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It, it, it made the game more tolerable for sure. I had a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. Sean Deveron, what's up, brother? What I miss Dev Targaryen. Oh, we just going through the recap, man. We know you have a little bit of a uh, technical difficulties, but welcome, man. Thanks for joining sure us. Do. 
We were yeah, talking about dirty victories. Mr. Titan says every single Titan wins this year. You know, he said that on our show. If you remember, he goes, I just, I, I don't feel good about the win, but we won. So if, if you haven't already done so, go back to the, the enemy Intel preview of the Titans game and you'll see Mr. Titans information. Go check out his channel, man. He's a fantastic dude. Good, good friend. He's cool, man. Cool dude. He's as cool as. Cool Mo Dev down there. Cool Mo Dev. Cool so going down to the re- receiver yards, Terry McLaurin had three for 41, had a 17-yarder, four targets, Cole Turner. Two for 23. He had a beautiful catch over the middle. I was I was jumping for joy. Uh, Carson threw a beautiful ball. Um, he only had two targets, though. That, that one 18-yarder, then a quick five-yarder. Then Gibby had a three for 18. Other than that, it was just minimal one one twos here. Dax Milne called his, I believe, his first ball of the year for one for five yards. And on the other side, um, Pettis had four for 84. He had a 40-yard uh, long catch and a touchdown. Darnell Mooney, who almost won that game, had seven receptions for 68 yards. So not a – I mean, clearly they doubled our amount of passing, but it was just, Cole just Komet. bad. Let's talk Let's talk oh, defense real oh, quick. Oh, no. Cole Komet, one catch, 15 yards. It's going to segue to defense. Once again – we don't get beat by a tight end. Yeah, we figured it out. How is that? Why is that? What do we do? I don't know. I, I think I think Jamin Davis on the tight end has worked out fairly well. As he's no longer on the wide receiver. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Well, nobody throws the tight ends anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Travis Kelsey would argue with that. Uh, anyway, defense. Let's talk defense. Um, bend but don't break defines this this game. Sure does. We gave up three big plays, two runs and a pass, and we still only gave up seven points. It helps. We 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 got five sacks on the game. Effie, uh, Eddie Obata, was it Effie Obata? Um, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat, and Cam Curl all had sacks. And we also had Jonathan Allen got an interception and a forced fumble on the tally sheet. Um, Curl all had sacks. Yeah, we, uh, we, we racked up. We were definitely in the backfield all day when it, when it came to the passing game. That's why I, I don't think they were able to get anything going. Yep. Um, other guys who made who made some uh, some notable impact. Cole Holcomb, seven solo tackles and, and uh, twelve total. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose, Wild Goose, seven solo tackles. You know, now granted, I don't like the idea of a corner getting so many tackles, but that means you're not letting them get behind you; they're in front of you. Yep. So that's always a good sign. Um. Yeah, John Allen's stat sheet's just filled. Yeah, <laughs> you look at this thing; it's just filled. Four tackles, a sack, an interception, a forced fumble. Um, any doubt why this dude's our captain? I any? mean, it. It first, I after we signed that big deal, I was like, man, I don't know if I see the leadership, the captain, you know, like. But then he, after that deal he did in the offseason, the dude. I feel like he was just a change man on the field with his leadership, you know, 
it was just if we saw it, it just wasn't clearly evident on the field. But man, now right, no question, unquestioned. There is no question whatsoever. It's amazing. Love it. Love love me some John Allen. So let's go into overreaction Monday. Dev, let's start with you, man. What is your overreaction on Monday, given the the twelve to seven victory that we barely eked out and lost by a game of inches? I think my overreaction story that yeah, that's all another thing. But um, I think overreaction is is that we got lucky when maybe honestly we stopped them on three goal line defensive plays inside the five, bro. Like that's yeah. lost. We stopped them on three goal line possessions inside, you know, basically inside the 10, three of them. Yep. They didn't score anything on three of them. I feel so like Scott I'm, Turner did their play calling on those plays we stuffed man, up. Man, well, you know, the one bomb, man, the one bomb uh that you know was missed to uh Samuels would have made Wentz's numbers look a lot better. And that second pass deep that he dropped. Yeah, man. So there was two, there were two bona fide drops. Um, He did get a little pass rush. It looked like it was coming through early. Uh, Second half, we kind of stuck to the run a little more. So, but I do, um, I think the overreaction is that our, that our defense played bad, but our, that we played bad. I think our defense played really well. Our offense could, could have used those extra catches, I think. I think we could have uh, been a little more dedicated to the run, and Ron agreed with that as well. So, yeah, I'm hoping with uh, I guess it looks like it's going to be Heineke for the next four to six weeks, barring an injury. That's what it looks like. So hopefully, uh, man, y'all everybody get to see what they wanted to see. Yeah. Everybody got to see what they wanted to see. They're basically uh, going to be playing around the same amount of time too. Six weeks. Six don't weeks. say everybody. That's not what I wanted to see. You're going to get to see what you want to see, too. You're going to get to see everybody shut up if he plays bad. If he plays good. No, okay. Let's dispel this this line of thinking right now. All right. If Heineke does well, what are you going to say? I said this, and I put this on Twitter. I am not rooting for Taylor Heineke to fail. I have gone on every platform that I am on. Facebook, Twitter, Uh, YouTube. And I have just pre-spread and dropped deuce after deuce on Taylor Heineke. Right? But that doesn't mean I want him to fail. Because if he fails, if I'm right, the season's over. Right? Everything I say comes to it shows up in these games. The season's over, and we're going to lose and lose badly and all over the place. I don't want that because I'm a fan first. I want Taylor Heineke to prove me wrong. I really do. I want Taylor Heineke to play well. I want to win, and I have, and we'll get to this in a little bit. I have a roadmap for how you win with Taylor Heineke. Oh, we'll get to that later. My overreaction is, Oh God, the season's over. Cause the only guy who can push the ball downfield that's going to play is, is, is hurt for four to six weeks. That's my overreaction. But that, since then I begin to really reevaluate the situation and yeah, I have the the roadmap and the game plan to win with Taylor Heineke. 
Fair. Well, my overreaction is it's the same as your guys. The sky's fallen. The sky's fallen. Season's over. What are we going to do? Honestly. You really feel like that? You feel like it's all over? It's over? Dude, that's why it's an overreaction. No. Overreaction. Did you feel like that, though? I, I, oh, yeah. I, after I, the game? After this game. Yeah. That was, dude, really? that was the worst victory I've ever, one of the worst victories I've ever witnessed. I did not feel good after that game. Like, where the, the abs- okay, this does rank up there with, uh, the last with game on, on Thursday was worse. No. Can I tell you something? This ranks up there with, y'all remember, uh, week one of 2010 with, yeah. or 2009 with Donovan McNett. Was it 2009? No, 2010. 2011, whichever year we had Donovan McNabb, 2010, 2010. Yeah. And we beat the Cowboys on a holding penalty. And we beat them 13 to 7. And I think Donovan McNabb was like 12 for 30 for 110 yards or something like that. That's, this is up there with that. Like, at least in this one, we stopped them on fourth down on the last play of the game. Whereas, Dallas scored a touchdown on us, and it got called back with no time left because of an offensive holding penalty. So I uh, <laughs> that game I felt dirty. This one, at least we won on our own merits, so I don't feel as dirty. That's um, true. I can't. I can't argue with that. I still that my reaction is the sky's falling, season's over. So I, don't, I mean, I don't know what to say. Now that Carson's out, it's going to be insanely bad. We're not going to know what to do. Overreaction, you know, just just part of the bit. I really don't have anything else for as far as overreaction. Uh, Mr. Titan says, Are you guys buying on the Giants? I still don't know about them. You know what? I watched that game this weekend. I, no. I think they're, they're a decent find team. Ways to no. Win. no. Man, we find ways to win. We the sky's falling. They find ways to win. It ain't. Dude, Dude they I, found ways to win all but one game this year. Yeah. Five and one <laughs> versus two and four. <laughs> They're not a and, great and, team. And the key is, Man, the key the, is, this, the the, the, year, bro. this is a preview for, for my how to win with Taylor Heineke. They, they've they taken the game out of Daniel Jones's hands. Yeah, because Saquon Barkley's back. That's right. That's right. Uh, Marcus says, his overreaction, Scott Turner has no feel in calling plays during the game. Githin should have more touches. Yeah, Gibson I feel is like, the best player on our team, Marcus. I feel like I they're, they're over, overcompensating for B-Rob coming back and it's just it's almost too much. Gibson is the best running best player on our offense, bro. He has I do like the, the idea of Robinson early and Gibson. Hold on. I do like the idea of Robinson early, Gibson later. You saw when when they, well they did that and it, it worked well when, when Gibby came in, change of pace. Like he sparked life. I, into I, the I think he needs to get the ball more early. I think they need to put them both out there too. Like yeah. I don't think he should I don't think he should and you could tell, like, there were spurts in the second half where they looked like the first uh, game offense where they played against Jacksonville, and they were both in there running in motion, a little confusing. It looked good. It looked like you could clearly tell they were bringing eight down in the box, and they were, like, froze for a second because they didn't know, like, which way they were running, if it was a jet sweep or what. Back. That's excellent, dog. I don't know why it gets away from that. I, that. And this is what I tried to tell everybody on here earlier uh, when we had a conversation about these running backs. What role is McKissick going to play, dog? Dude, I was about because to say the one, same because one of them, one of him or McKissick can't get the ball. Like you, you can find a reason to get Robinson the ball, but someone's not going to get the ball, man. And that's why I wondered, like, why Rotate. would you pay McKissick all this money to not touch the ball? But what Rotate. was told to me, what was told to me, it was Gibson who wasn't getting the ball. Like, Don't I'm, worry. I'm, it's weird, man. Like. 
I just seen so much. Gibson is a lot better running back. It seemed like they were running Gibson up the middle and Robinson to the outside, which was weird. Like, that's how it felt when I watched the game. It was like, Gibson's running inside, Robinson. Then they started getting those stretch plays where Robinson, where Gibson is gold, man. If you can yeah. get stretches out of Gibson, he's gold. I mean, I mean can, I, can, I, can I tell you this? McKissick's value is about to go up big time with this team. It, it, he is about to touch that ball a lot. At the, at and, the cost uh, of who, though? Like, who's not going to touch it a lot because McKissick is? It's um, not going to be Robinson. I'm telling y'all it's not going to be him. I didn't say that we were going to be running him. I agree with that, man. I I would believe that he, he – I'll put all three of them out there, especially if Dots is not playing. I'll put them both out, all three out there a lot. Let's remember that um, J.D. McKissick is still one of the best slot receivers out there. True. Um, I think that Taylor Heineke loves him some J.D. McKissick. He, he loves does. anybody you can dump the that ball That was his off. safety valve all last season. Yes. He, he loves season. anybody he you can dump the ball off to <laughs> because he's, he, is, he, he, he is, you know, you know, if, if – uh, Kirk was captain check down. Then, you know, Heineke is corporal dump off. Right. So, so Mr. Titan, check this out. He said, if y'all think the season is over, might as well bring in replacement players. The Washington Sentinels are ready to go with Shane Falco as quarterback. When this is over, I'm going to tweet you a couple, couple photos. Cause I made some in the off season when we didn't know who our quarterback was before Carson showed up. Um, I think I did a backdrop of Shane Falco in FedEx field. Like I'm ready to go coach. Who, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Uh, <laughs> but that would get Phil very mad if you bring in all the replacement players, because that is a form of tanking. Yes. Not, uh, not if we bring in Sam Howell, but anyway. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's go back. Let's go on to uh good, bad, ugly, and great. Phil, I'll start with you. Dig deep. Good, bad, ugly, great. <laughs> ugly was okay. Let, let, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to start with ugly. Let's start with the positive. Good, bad, ugly, great. Good was the second half commitment to the run game. Hmm. Um, we ended up finishing with two hundred twenty-eight rushing yards, which was dwarfed by what Chicago did. But granted, almost half of Chicago's yards came on two plays. Uh, we ground out that game. And even though it didn't necessarily lead to points, it led to us not letting time of possession get away from us, giving our defense a breather when they needed it. And it showed us that, hey, we we might have something here with with, uh, with um, Robinson and Gibson. Uh, so that was good. Bad was getting gashed on three big plays. Uh, yeah. Of course, Kendall Fuller got burned for a touchdown again. Um, the uh, you know the two run plays that we gave up, the one to um, Fields and the one to Herbert, Herbert, Pervert. I always want to call him Pervert for some reason. Um, those were those were bad. Ugly was everything involved with our passing game. And I'm not even putting it all on Wentz because I'm looking at. I went back and watched this game on replay. I had had it, I, I recorded it here at home, and I went back and watched it. There's a lot of pass patterns where these receivers aren't even in a point to turn around and look for the ball. 
because there's no change to the passing offense to help the protection. Yep. It's all long developing pass plays. You see it now. Everybody says, oh, this receiver's open. That receiver's open. That receiver's not looking for the ball. They're still running their pattern. A lot of long developing pass plays. You can't do that with a bad passing. And, and, and that was just ugly. And, you know, Wentz is hurt. His arms hurt. His hands hurt. His foot's hurt. You know, and, and you're doing nothing to help the guy. So Wentz being hurt doesn't help. And he met you know, a couple. Samuel uh, dropping passes doesn't help. That was all ugly. Great. The defense led by Captain John Allen. Coming up big when necessary. They held the Bears to seven points. They stopped the Bears four times inside the 20. And held them to no points. You get nothing. You lose. That's because our defense, I've been saying this, if they go to a more of a bend-but-don't-break mentality, I think this works better for them. We'll, we'll let you run around in between the 20s all you want. But we put the pressure on. We got that We we got that interception when they were backed up. We've got a safety this year because we had a team backed up. When a team is in the shadow of their own goalposts, we seem to do pretty well getting the pressure on. When a team is approaching ours, we get the pressure on. I think we're That's one great. I think we're one really, really, really good defensive back away from, from what? Having a, from having a really good defense. Oh. Like uh, granted, granted, if young plays, you know, so <laughs> we had a really good. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about a, a really good corner. Like, yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, I can, like, like, a, like, a, I mean, like an if you'd have asked me that the first three weeks of the season, I'd say no. Yeah, but now, like, and and I think that if if Jackson ends up being here. You still, I think he would be an asset if you were to get a better corner than him, to to kind of put him in the third category, you know, or kind of put him off of the first guy, uh, in Fuller also, yeah, or maybe you move Fuller to free safety, he play a lot more man. I don't know what you would do in this kind of, in this situation, but where where the fuck is Butler at, man? Hurt? Arvin, you mean Percy? I don't Damn, know, bro. He's, he's, he's injured. No, he's injured. He's injured. Yeah. Jason Donaway says the good Reds on defense. Welcome to the show from Facebook. Ben Harlow also says facts. Welcome. Thanks for watching, Ben. We appreciate you. Marcus says good. Our good. Our defense was aggressive, bad, and ugly. Scott Turner play creativity ever since the Jacksonville game. His play calling is suspect. Some bullshit. That's right. Some Dev, let's go to you. Um, man, I I would say was it the good? I would say our goal line defense, obviously. Um, Gonna have a real hard issue next year paying pain, man. Like pain's yeah. got to be here, man. Uh sweat is starting to at the expense of what? Sweat yeah, is starting not- to show. Uh, this is what I think is gonna happen, and no one wants to hear it, but I think they're gonna restructure Wentz, especially if he doesn't play for a yeah. long stretch. I think they're restructuring and then let him get an extra year on that contract in order to sign some people to free agency and hopefully show up our line. That's what I think. That's where they want to go with it. But in order to do that, I think you'd have to see Wentz play out really strong at the end of the year to come to that decision. Like, and and it's going to be up to Heineke for that to happen. Heineke's going to play well enough so Washington is still in it for a possible Wentz return. And if he plays well enough, all that's going to really do is spark a quarterback controversy. So it's like a double-edged sword. If he plays real bad, it's good because then we'll know. But if he plays good, if he plays like the streak Heineke, it's going to make everybody be like, oh, my God, keep him in. It's almost the Dallas thing except with us. 
Yeah. It's going to be, do we keep Cooper Rush in, even though his numbers aren't really that great, but he's winning? Like, what if that happens? We're at a part in our schedule where it's not unlikely we can't win. There's not any games we can't win coming up. There's games that we shouldn't win that we probably won't win. But there's not any games that we absolutely, there's no way. There's no Buffalo Bills on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? Nope. You know, so, so I, 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 I'm seeing, I'm telling y'all, I don't know if it's going to start with Green Bay or not. Because that man across the field in Green Bay is a bad man, dude. But if after Green Bay, I could see us running out four or five, man, with no problem. I could see it happening. It's happened every year. It's happened every year since he's been here. This exact same thing. They're going to reel off about five or six games. Chase is coming back, bro. I think we're getting Wes Schweitzer back. Cosme will be back. The line will be up better than it was. Probably still not that great, but it'll be better than it was. I can see it happening, man. I can see a streak happening. But make a long story short, the good, uh, the defensive uh, team, the bad, the drops by Samuels, and the awful is the play calling by Scott. Uh, whatever, what's his name? Scott Turner. Oh, Scott my Turner. God, bro. Dude. We'll hit, we'll hit up more on some bad here in a second. Okay. And the Glock Dookie Award, which I know all of you are waiting to hear, the second annual, the second annual Glock Dookie Award winner is none other than Jay Gruden, man, for the shit he said about, <laughs> about, about, about the <laughs> bro. Look, L1C4 for life. Jay Gruden's an awesome person hero to me, being a Louisville guy. He was one of the best quarterbacks. In our team history, bro, he's great. I love him there. I would like him to come back and coach Louisville, not Washington ever, but Louisville, yes. Gets the Glock Dookie Award, man, for the outrageous shit that he said, man. And by the way, if I were Curtis Samuels, I would thank Jay Gruden because he almost won the award for those drops. If we had lost the game, he would have definitely won the award Yeah, because he had a for show touchdown. But Jay Gruden, you get today's Glock Dookie Award. Bang, 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 bang. So let's explain to people why we're giving Jay Gruden the Glock Dookie Award. Because I don't think everybody's caught this. Jay Gruden came out and said, Pierre Garçon, talk about how tough Pierre was. Talk about how he was just, you know, just vicious, practiced hard, played hard. Said he would never run a fade, refused to run fades, didn't believe in them. Yet, on this very podcast... Play the clip! Do you have the clip, Steve? Yeah, give me a second. This very podcast, we have a clip of Pierre Garçon asking to run a fade pattern. On this show, by the way. Saying that he asked to run fade patterns and they weren't called. Best socks in the business, Pierre Garçon. Yes, yes. Speed A compression. If you haven't got yourself a pair, get yourself a pair. No lie. They're, they're fantastic. But we, and I'm trying to get this to get out there. because I, I keep telling y'all that Jay Gruden is a buffoon and Jay Gruden's a liar and a drunk and all these other things. People don't want to believe me because right now we're hey, struggling. Man, you got everybody respect everybody, Gruden, wants, to, everybody wants to revise history True. that Jay Gruden was actually this great coach and he just never got the players he wanted. Jay Gruden was Scott Turner. He never changed his system to fit the players that he had either. 
Um, but Jay Gruden's also a liar and a philanderer and a drunk and a buffoon, and we've got some evidence behind this. Just call this man a philanderer, bro. Yes, he is a womanizer. How you know that? Ask Capri Bibbs. Capri Bibbs was a good third down back for this team. Really good, actually. And he got cut. Because he was messing around with Jay's side chick, and they bent, they cut him, put in Byron Marshall, who cannot pass block. We don't know if that's true. What happened is what happened next was Alex Smith gets his leg broken, Theisman style. Philip, Phil, do not have Dan get his uh, investigators on us, dog. I don't know if that's true. I don't want to do with that. God. It's Capri Bibbs said it. All right, you guys ready for the Pierre Pierre cut? Yes. Pierre cut. All right, here we go. I had to dig, dig back into the files to get it, but I dig it in the crates. Here we go. As a defender, another defender too. So I'm like, Coach, that's not like let's. And I'm like, Kurt, let's go to stage instead of you know, instead of you know the backdrop. Just just change the mindset of it. You know, it was a lot of miscommunication. I'm like, like Kurt, like that. go to Fage instead of, you know, instead of, you know, the backdrop just just changed the mindset of it. You know, it was a lot of miscommunication. I'm like, oh, like, you know, and then Kurt, Kurt was a young quarterback. Yeah. Which is saying one thing, I'm saying one thing, you know, players, you know, at the end of the day, players, you know, we, 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 we talk. All right, we won't go any further. Anyways. He, he said, said he told Coach and Kirk to run a fade. So don't tell me he never wanted to run a fade when he in the middle of a game he's saying run a fade. Maybe Jay, maybe Jay was being sarcastic. Like you know how you don't he could have. Fade. He's a funny guy. Maybe maybe it was anything. sarcastic. Too many too many nights at Bar Louie, man. Just I just got the clip, movie. man. And you know how the media around there be just playing part of the clip they want you to hear, kind of like how he said court how said quarterback. Our media loves Jay Gruden right now. They love him. I like Jay Gruden. I like Jay Gruden. He's entertaining on on the radio. I'm not going to lie. I hate him as a coach, but he's entertaining to listen to on the radio. I want to come to Louisville. Come home <laughs> to Louisville. Man. Ben Harlow says, "Yeah, man, been a while. I've been in. I've been in the shadows, waiting for a great, great week. I don't know. If this is a great week, but we are glad to have you back on the show. In relation to Jack Harlow, also from Jack Louisville. Harlow, come home. SUVs, black on black. Louisville's um, finest, Jack Harlow. I don't know one fucking song that dude sings. By the way, <laughs> Marcus said, if they release wins, Jackson Fuller will have forty million dollars of cap space. And ben has a question. About our division, are the Eagles that good, or is your schedule that easy? So you know what, Emmanuel Acho broke that broke it down on some some film footage I, I saw. I think it was on ESPN or his Twitter. Um, he he really just broke it down, like, and it, it kind of goes what Phil says. Like they're not putting the game on when excuse me on Hertz's arm. Yeah. It's they're running off of the run, the RPO. He can tuck, he can keep, he can pass, right. and it it's it almost I hate to say it, it goes back to our twenty twelve. Offense from Kyle Shanahan was running. It it right. works. You can call it a gimmick, whatever you want. No one can stop it. No, you can't stop it if the guy is is smart enough to realize that it's going to work. Like w- once the quarterback gives up, the fact that he don't want to do it no more, like RG three did, 
then it comes to the point can where you, it doesn't work. Can, but if you've can, got a guy you, that buys into it, man, it's going to work every time. Wentz basically ran that same shit in Philly. When yeah. he basically can went you before he got hurt. believe that the modern template for the, the template for the modern NFL offense was created, was created in Washington under North Turner? No. The modern? Oh, you mean in 2012? You mean? Yes. Yeah, we were the first ones to do it. Who the hell was running RPOs sure was. like that all the time? Titans, Titans was doing it with, with Young all the time. No, not 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 man, not. Go back, watch, go back and watch. Go back and watch Young get Vince it was, Young get it Tennessee was man. Robert Griffin and then Colin Kaepernick did it shortly after. Kaepernick allowed in the pistol. He was like one of the. Um, and then after that, it was just game on. You're right. It revolutionized everything. Uh, Marcus says, uh, or excuse me. I want Clint Hurt coaching Louisville. And Tony said, good Larson at center. Nice. Larson at center was, was good. Man, he had a bad, didn't he have a bad snap? Am I tripping? He can snap the ball. I know. That's an improvement. And then Ben says, why don't they let Sam Hell do that then? I, I I mean, honestly, I just think that's this point. They think Ty Taylor gives them the best but, chance but, to win. I think, I think Taylor play how when you're mathematically eliminated, man. I wouldn't. Because yeah. because what if we win like four or five straight? The question is going to be: Do you bring Wentz back? That's going to be the question. And if we lose four or five more, then it's going to be how. So, so can I tell you how you win with with Taylor Heineke? Short in the game from 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 Taylor Heineke's biggest detractor. I'll tell you how you can win with Taylor Heineke. And I, I'm I'm going to be I'm playing this completely straight. All right, I'm not going to be. Well, okay, I'm mostly be playing straight. You know, I'm gonna get my little shots in because you know that's what I do. But I went back and I've been kind of looking at some stuff over the weekend when I had some time. First of all, Dev pointed out that we should be he he wants to see more Robinson and Gibson in the backfield together. We ran that a lot, a lot of two back sets with RG three in 2012, actually. There was a lot of, now it was Alfred Morris and Darrell Young. You can kind of run similar deals with the two backs there, run a lot of RPO. You've got to take advantage of the fact that Heineke does have legs and that our offensive run blocking isn't horrible. Their pass blocking is horrible. So you have to really start taking advantage of the RPO, but you can't just fake it all the time or hand it off to running backs. Heineke has to run, and he's going to have to take some hits. All right. If he's got the moxie that we keep hearing that he has, well, then let's put it to the test. What are y'all going to do when he take out running for 30 yards? I'm going to start calling him uh, Vanilla Jackson. I'm calling him White Lightning. But anyway, <laughs> um, nonetheless, you, that, you, you need a basic game plan off of that. There needs to be a lot of moving pocket, too. All right. So the game plan that they ran a lot with RG3 was very horizontal at first, and then they turned it vertical. All right. Same thing with the Jacksonville game beginning this season. We had a very horizontal passing game that turned vertical. All right. Now, vertical with Taylor Heineke is a much different definition. All right. I don't, I am, if if you still think that Taylor Heineke has a, a professional arm, I can't do anything for you. You are that delusional. But can you get down the field enough? Sure. Spread that offense. 
work on getting yak. All right, scheme guys open. Quick shots. Let Taylor get the ball out of his hands quickly. So this offensive line isn't throw, you know, having to hold up pass blocks. Roll Heineke out, naked bootleg, uh, rollouts with the defender in front of him, something, right? Get these guys moving around. Create movement that the defense has to react to, and you take advantage of whatever, uh, you know, whatever comes open with that. Have one or two reads. Um, you're going to have to change your scheming a little bit because we do run Air Coriel. The first look on Air Coriel is deep first. You can't do that with Taylor Heineke. You have to go to more of a West Coast style, which is your first read is actually short. West Coast offense goes short, medium, long, right? Whereas the um, where whereas an Air Coriel is deep, short, middle, right? You can't do that with this offense because Taylor Heineke's not a downfield passer. So we need, you know, him, we need to be going sideline, sideline, spread out the defense. What was what was Heineke's uh, yards per completion last year? Steve? You know that uh, with or without Yak, because that it changes big time. Everybody's air passing yards. Go. If you look at air passing yards versus you know Yak, there's a there's a huge huge difference between him and Carson Wentz. Now, the other thing I'll say too. Is that six point nine was average last year? What was it? Six point nine yards per attempt. Anything uh, under seven is, is trash. Um, but Heineke, you have to move him around a lot. You have to create the mismatches. You have to create the movement that catches the defense off guard. Right. That Jacksonville game plan is a good template. What we did in twenty twelve with Heine- with with uh, with with Griffin is a good template to go to. Go horizontal, lots of bubble screens and everything else. All right. This is the stuff that that Terry McLaurin can feed off of. And so can Curtis Samuel, right? They do well with that horizontal offense. Now, here's the thing. It's not going to be sexy. You're not going to see what you've seen when when Wentz is on. Those deep bombs. Deami Brown's value goes down tremendously with Heineke in the game. But... J.D. McKissick's goes up. Um, Cole Turner's goes up. Anybody at tight end, you know, is going to see uh, an increase in their value. Anybody who who can be that safety valve, their value goes up. And I would change the offense to, to do that. And everything has to be rhythm-based, all right? When Heineke's on, it's because there's a rhythm going on. Now, everybody wants to talk about him being off script, but – that's when he makes one play out of a thousand. When Heineke's most consistent is when the offense is is running in a rhythm, and it's very boom, 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 boom. You know, it 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 carries on like that. We saw that in against Tampa Bay. We saw that in a couple other games where, if they can get him into a rhythm, he can actually be effective. Best way to get a rhythm going: short passing game. That's the one thing he can do. You keep that passing game around five to fifteen yards. And, you know, just scheme guys open. And you'll break a couple just off a of yak, all right? And I think that this is the way you have to move forward. It's going to be a very different-looking offense. What sucks is that if they do this and they're successful, people are going to think that Taylor Heineke is the reason why we're winning. And it's really because we will have changed our offensive philosophy. The other thing is, is that you have to take the game out of his hands, all right? 
A rhythm offense puts the game in the hands of your playmakers. Short passes puts the ball in the hands of receivers to make plays. Running the ball puts the hand ball in the hands of your running backs to win the games and make plays. So you got to take the game out of Heineke's hands, which means getting the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. Run it, quick passing. Boom. There you go. Fair. Um, my good, bad, ugly, I would say the defensive front was 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 good. It was I'm awesome. Sorry, I just ran right over all your good, What's bad, the, By the way, did I, miss, did I miss what um, – what, when they say anything about Chase Young? No, he's I mean he's he's eligible. No no updates. Um, They're targeting a possible comeback against Green Bay. Oh, conspiracy theory! It was all set up for Taylor from the beginning of the season. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, so my my good is it, you know what? I'll say I'll skip straight to great. My good, I'll say B. Rob scored his first touchdown of the season. Uh, bad, uh, the zero blitz. If you remember the play. Chicago ran a zero blitz where they had everyone on the line. There are two receivers out on the edge of the line and two more in the, on the sidelines. I don't know why Carson didn't audible out of it. He just ran the pass, didn't hot route a guy, didn't didn't change one of the receivers' routes to do a quick slant because there was nobody on the receiver to his right. Nobody. And he snapped the ball, and he was sacked within maybe a second and a half. Didn't even have time to throw it. Had he audible that receiver's route, he could have just lobbed it over the middle. Just, you know, just said and just tossed it. That was bad. Like, I don't know if that's a Carson thing or if that's a Scott Turner thing, not building that into his offense. I'd say the latter. No audibles in yeah. the Scott Turner offense. Yep. Ugly. And I'm going to say play calling. I think Marcus said it earlier. Just the flow of the game. It was literally run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It's it's just no creativity. And my great, the defensive front line. And I got a quick next-gen stats to show you guys. Check this out. Washington pressure leaders, Montez Sweat. This is according to next-gen stats. Tied for fourth in the NFL. Jonathan Allen tied for second among interior defensive linemen. And Deron Payne uh, tied for fifth on interior defensive linemen. This is pressure rate. Uh, and then look at the bottom. This team does can pressure the other quarterback without blitzing. I don't, I mean, I think that's good when you look at personnel lineups. It means you can just rush forward. You don't have to blitz and you can drop your linebackers back into coverage. JDR has been dying for this to happen for three years now. It's yeah. And this, isn't even, this is without Chase Young. It's because F.A. Obata is also playing well. And same with Casey Tuhill. They're, they're also next-gen stats. Their pressure rates were top five in the NFL. I want to say second right behind Nick Bosa for F.A. Obata. And Casey Tuhill was fifth uh, according to the percentage of plays in the game and winning your, winning your pass rush. So I had to flash that. It was just a cool, cool stat. Uh, we don't blitz, but we're getting hella pressure. It's pretty dope. And look at it this way, too. All right. Now, everybody wants to talk about the fact that teams have just been teeing off on our offensive line. 23 sacks allowed. Our defense has managed to get 19. Yeah. Which is, it tells you something. that They're almost keeping pace with the opposing t teams. And we're playing good offensive lines. And you know, we're not is, playing, you know, banged up our offensive line. Yep. Let's get to some of these comments. Uh, Tony, 
boy Tony Shivers says, hey, we, we are going to see how at some point it's inevitable Taylor Heineke will get hurt, as he often does. I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree that's going to happen. I do, too. Some I point. think it is, too. So for those of us who want to see Sam Howe, it's coming. I don't want to wish hurt on any any player, but. It's definitely coming if uh, they put a. I, I when's, when's the program going on IR, which means he got set out a minimal for a week. I, I yeah. have to. I have to really, really put out an apology. I may have. Um, I may have wished a Thiesman-like injury on t- Taylor Heineke. Oh, Phil! After the Bears game, I've been drinking. <laughs> I did say something to the effect of, "I'd rather fill the Grand Canyon with rusty." Fishing knives, uh, Henzo Hattori sword blades, ah, and use heroin needles and drag my testicles through the entire trench before Ew. seeing Taylor Heineke play. Okay, well, that obviously uh, my nuts are going to be in pain because we're going to be seeing Taylor Heineke play. But, um, yeah, that was bad form on my part. Yeah. So if anybody who saw me say that, um, on socials, I, I do apologize. I sh- you can you can delete it. Happen. Twitter lets you delete. They need an edit function, but it never happened. Uh, Marcus says, I agree with you, Phil. You can have Robinson, Gibson, McKissick, and Sammy has a two-back set. And you know what? With the absence of Jahan Dotson, I don't know why we didn't see more two-back sets. Why? I mean, it's a perfect opportunity. We didn't see it. Did not see it. Uh, ben says, so Heineke is between horizontal and almost vertical. And Heineke has receivers this year. Back to your point earlier, these receivers had had to get open out of their routes earlier. You know, I, I would love to see, I know it's out there, separation rates of our receivers. Because I don't think it's that good. It's horrible. Yeah. And I don't know what that, if that's a byproduct of the players, of the scheme. I feel like every no. other team's receivers just get open off the line so well. Can I can I also add this? And this is this is something that a lot of people think that our relative – they, a lot of people think that our offensive line played well last year because 30. of Heineke. Um, and Harlow just put up 30th. I, maybe he's on my on – I my, think he was uh, talking about sacks. Okay. Our mm-hmm. pass protection win rate, which means that individual linemen winning their blocking assignment, is 30th in the league right now. Last year, with Taylor Heineke playing 16 and a half games, ninth. That has nothing to do with Taylor Heineke being mobile. It has to do with our pass blockers stifling the pass rush from the other team, right? So this idea that, oh, well, Heineke's mobile, that's why the offensive line looked better last year. That's not the case. It just it does not bear out when you look at statistical analysis of pass protection win rate. So... That's why I'm advocating for a change in our offensive philosophy, even from last season. We have to do things to mask how this offensive line is playing until they play better. Until they play better, until they're winning more of their pass protection assignments, you've got to change the offense. And Fitzpatrick said it, and we all been screaming about this, it doesn't feel like Scott Turner changes his offense for his players. It's very Jay Gruden-esque. It's like, no, I'm going to jam this square peg into a round hole. All right. You know, it's it's just it's just like and just just trying to hammer away with it. You can't do it. So Scott, you 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 got extra days. We know you love Taylor. Apparently, you do. 
do something. Change it up. Make this work. You, you, you had some extra days to figure this out. And if I can sit here, me, the guy who didn't make it past high school, and I played offensive line, can figure this out, so can you. All right. I got – oop, I shared the wrong one. I'm going to – I have PFF um, – excuse me, uh, pass blocking grades for our team. And surprisingly, they're not that bad. Let's see here. Washington offensive grades. All right, here we go. So the, the position rank, so Sam Cosme is ranked 8th of 76th in his position overall. I'm just right now I'm focusing on pass blocking, but you can see Charles Leno's ranked 10th out of 76. Uh, Cornelius Lucas, 25th out of 76. Chase Rurier, 26 out of 36. Nick Martin, 34 of 36. Yeah, he's bad. Norwell, 44th out of 75. Guards, I'm surprised that's not lower. Trey Turner, 58th out of 75. Carson Wentz has a better pass blocking rate than Andrew Norwell. Than <laughs> let's Trey just Turner. sort by pass blocking rate. So according to PFF, which is not the end-all be-all, let's, let's just throw we might, it out there. We might want to move Carson Wentz to guard Hill. Dude, I I was making that joke earlier. Keep him as a backup lineman. Uh, Charles Leno, 85.2 pass blocking grade, uh, followed by Wes Martin with a 70. Then Sam Cosme was 67.2. Cornelius Lucas, Trey Turner. And it's after Cornelius Lucas starts to get bad. So Cornelius Lucas, Sam Cosme, Wes Martin, and Charles Leno all have pretty good. Uh, Wes Martin has grade. one snap. I know. Sucks. One snap. You can you can delete that. That's a that's a misnomer. You don't have a snap minimum. But yeah, I just thought I thought I'd show that real quick. Um, so let's get on to the final segment of game balls. Dev, let's start with you, man. What do you got for game game balls? Uh, man, Montez Sweat. I I I, I know you guys are wanting uh, the other two guys are going to be on defensive line probably too. But I'm gonna go with Montez Sweat, man. Uh, he, he was, was relentless early havoc. on, man. He was havoc. Uh, set the tone early. Uh, so that's my guy. Game ball on the defense, on offense. I'm gonna go with uh, Black Superman Robinson. Got in the end zone. You know, so first touchdown since being uh, since being in the NFL, uh, and a great uh, comeback story. So he gets my. Come back. He gets my offensive game ball and defensive man game ball goes to uh, my test. All right, Phil. Defensive game ball is going to go to John Allen. I mean, as I said earlier, he just filled up the stat sheet. You know, he has a sack, a fumble, forced fumble, interception, uh, four tackles, all solo. He is the man for sure. Um, Offensive game ball. Oof. I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. Um, only touched the ball eight times. Five runs and um, three receptions. And he had five runs for 35 yards, three catches for 18 yards. Uh, but they came in, some of them came in some very critical points to keep drives moving. Um, so I think that, you know, eight touches for 53 yards is pretty efficient use of the limited amount of touches. And I'd like to see more. Okay. I'm going to go defense. Uh, I'm going to give mine to FAO Bada. 
Dude's looking better and better each game, man. I feel like I don't know how you can get him on the field, but get that man on the field. He's a monster. <clears throat> Still raw, <clears throat> rough around the edges, but man, love to see him play. And on offense, I'm going to be petty because this is my game ball. I'm going to give it to Cole Turner for getting his first NFL catch in his young NFL career. Uh, it was great to see you out there and finally getting the ball. And so, yeah, hats off to you, Cole Turner, for your first NFL catch, man. Um, Marcus says, offensive game ball, Tyler Larson, defensive, BSJ, Benjamin St. Juiced. St. Juiced. Ben, thank you for tuning in, man. We appreciate you. And you have yourself a, a wonderful evening, man. We'll, we'll catch you Thursday. We'll preview the Packers game, man. We'll see how that goes. Please join us th Thursday if you haven't already uh, put that on your schedule. We'll be doing our live stream back to normal schedule, 8.30 p.m. Thursday, Thursday evening. And um, Thursday, 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 Thursday. Yeah, while we're at it, man, we might as well just start winding it down, giving our shout outs. And I'll, I'll, I will lead off. Everyone who joined in today, yeah, I'm kicking off uh, Tony, Tony Shivers, um, Jason Donaway, Mr. Titan, who popped in for a hot second there. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in, man. I know this is off schedule. We were an hour late. This is late in the evening for everybody, but thank you for tuning in. It was an ugly win, but Benji Arlo. <laughs> Who's next? Shout out. Jay Gruden. Glock Jay, shout out to Jay Gruden for getting the Glock Dookie Award. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Bang, bang, bang. Phil, you got Shout out to Taylor Heineke, man. Please prove me wrong. Please. please. I beg please, you. Please, I want to win this season. Me too. Yeah. Marcus, later, bro. We appreciate you, man. You um faithful, man. We always, always love seeing you around. Glock Dookie Award. So last week went to Andrew Norwell. This week, Jay Gruden didn't even have to play a game to get a Glock Dookie Award. Didn't have to play a game. That's how shitty that comment If we had to choose someone who actually played... I don't know who would get it. I would say you could give it to Justin Fields for missing that wide open touchdown. Wow, yeah, I thought about that. I was Chris like, man, Justin Fields. Uh, Chris Samuel. Curtis, 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 yes. Samuel. Curtis Samuel uh, is a nominee. Joey Sly. Yeah, well, Curtis had two back-to-back -back drops. Right. Terrible drop. What was a touchdown? Yeah. Um, um, another one would be Kendall Fuller. Ugh. See, I don't that touchdown pass. See, I felt like they just caught us because I think they were trying to sub. What happened? What, what I understand is the Bears had sub, and it gives us permission to sub, but they didn't. They hiked the ball, so I think that our guy was trying to run backwards real fast, and he got caught. I, I think that's what happened. I think we were allowed like what a couple of seconds after they sub to sub, and they yeah. they had a sub come in late and didn't let us sub. They ran it like it was a no huddle. It was something yeah. that happened like that. Because I saw it happen. Like, everybody was kind of flat-footed, and he just took the fuck off. So I wonder if that was the, the touchdown we saw on floor. Yeah, but we've seen that happen way too much this season. He was nowhere really near him, though. He was way behind him when it started. I, he didn't, like, run by him or anything like that. He was just down, man. I was just wondering. I, Ron said something about it that they kind of didn't. It was like a messed-up substitution system or something that happened where the rest what shouldn't allow that to happen. But... I guess. Yeah. That's kind of the thing that uh, Aaron Rodgers gets get you with. Um, 
a lot when you watch Green Bay play. Subs guys in really, really late. So you don't see it till late and you run in. That's supposed to give you more time, but most of the time they don't catch that. So you end up with a penalty or free play. I yeah. felt like that's what happened. You know what? You, you just brought up a name. Shout out to Ron Rivera. What? I love him getting fiery as fuck with, with our press. I love it. He created the players. Said players, you know, they come in, they work their ass off. Said they don't deserve criticism. Namely, Carson doesn't deserve these stories that end up getting, uh, you know, shot down. About, oh, we, you know, Dan wanted Carson, not Ron. Ron's like, bullshit. That was my call. Yeah. I love it. I love it because finally somebody is, is, is letting this the local media know that they're full of shit. They often are. So I, I shout out to Ron Rivera showing some. Everybody wants some fire out of Ron. You're getting it. Yeah, that was the most emotion we've seen in a long time from him. It's pretty yeah. nice. Oh, pretty, shout pretty out to Big Kirko, aka Kirk Cousins. Big Kirko. Why? What do, what do Kirko bangs do now? I'm gonna show you this, man. <laughs> Did he cook a steak without tinfoil on his grill? I sent it to you. <laughs> I'll have to look at it. I'll have to look at it. All right. Well, hey, we'll see y'all Thursday. We'll have our boy Shy Guns. We had him on last year. We'll have him on this year to help us bring in the Packers, which is a winnable game, which is a definitely winnable, winnable game. So we appreciate you guys. As always, peace. Peace. Hail gang. We out.